Hi, I'm Clark Dunn, your host of the Beyond Rockets podcast. Huntsville, Alabama is primarily known for being the Rocket City because of its close association with the U.S. space mission. But Huntsville is so much more than that. Huntsville is home to many high-tech companies, entrepreneurs involved in interesting startups, talented creatives, and much, much more. My goal is to introduce you to some of these individuals that are taking Huntsville beyond the rocket. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond Rockets. In this episode, I sit down to talk with Jeremy Esterly, owner of Fat Sammy's, a local tiki bar themed restaurant on Jefferson Street in downtown Huntsville, serving up unique and tasty food. This episode is sponsored by Offbeat Coffee Studio. Offbeat Coffee Studio is a local coffee shop located at Campos 805 in Huntsville, Alabama that specializes in offering unique craft coffee. I love Offbeat because of its inviting atmosphere. If you're new to coffee or coffee enthusiasts, there's something for you. The baristas allow you to ask questions or recommendations, and while you wait for your cup of coffee, you can check out their incredible selection of vinyl records. Go check out Offbeat Coffee Studio today. This episode is sponsored by Fowl Design. Fowl Design is a local clothing brand focused on bringing hometown freshness to shirtless souls. They offer creative t-shirts, hats, koozies, and so much more. I love Fowl Designs because of its ability to make something so familiar so fun and exciting. From I like big spring ducks and I cannot lie to egg beater Jesus, you are bound to find something for you. Check out their website today at fowldesign.com. Yes, sir. My name is Jeremy Esterly. I'm the chef and one of four owners of Fat Sammy's. Um, you, don't, you described it perfectly. It's a tiki bar. We also do very eclectic Asian-inspired bar food. We call it uh, Michelin-starred bar food. <laughs> so, um, but that's it. Basically, just a lot of Asian influence and a quirky little spot. Are you originally from Huntsville, or did work or family bring you here? Uh, family brought me here originally. My dad worked for GM, and we moved down here to work. I guess he worked at Saginaw and Decatur when that was still a place. And then we moved down here. I grew up in Athens, and then I moved away in 2004 to go to culinary school in Vermont, and then back to Cleveland where my family's from in Ohio, and then back here again. How did your jobs prior to starting this restaurant prepare you for what a day in the life of a owner of Fat Sammy's is? Um, the jobs, well, we talked about working at the ledges. We know how busy and chaotic that was and trying to manage <laughs> that, especially during the banquet season. Um, but the jobs I had up north were totally different. Um, I worked in an Asian fine dining restaurant. And then I also worked in a very, very nice fine dining restaurant with a pretty famous chef, Michael Simon, briefly, but you did 600 people a day at that place and oh, managing wow. that kind of stuff were very fine dining setting. It was insane. So that really helped a lot. Did you ever think you were, you would own a tiki bar in Huntsville and what was your like passion to bring this to Huntsville? Yeah. When I moved back here nine years ago, never thought this would be a possibility because Huntsville really hadn't changed that much in the decade that I'd been away. But it's seen so many of them pop up all over the country because these is back in the 30s and 40s when they started and they kind of died out and then all of a sudden they had a big resurgence and everybody's like making them cooler and more unique and it just felt like when we started this it was the best time to do something like that here because Huntsville's got so many new people moving in just it's it's ripe for a tiki bar when did the idea first come to start this tiki bar and did you like have any like pop-ups around town prior to having the location on Jefferson we did um so this originally started as a concept I believe over three years ago now and it was just pop-ups uh me and one of my friends started this together drunkenly because we <laughs> wanted to do something different and uh we approached a lot of people but people didn't really know what pop-ups were and the goal was to either do a food truck or hopefully a restaurant down the road but um it got popular really fast and i met two investors 
they were like, why don't you guys open up a restaurant? But we did pop-ups at one of the local dive bars, Moody Mondays. It does nothing but karaoke. Very unlikely place to do it. It's a smoking bar. It used to be a biker bar. But they were the only people with the kitchen. They were like, yeah, go ahead, do it. It's fine. But then it just blew up, and we did the pop-ups got bigger and bigger and bigger every time. How did you get this location on Jefferson? I mean, this seems like the most the perfect location as far as the, the restaurants that are around you downtown. There's nothing like this, and there's really nothing like this in Huntsville. Was it hard to get this location? Um, it had been vacant for a little bit. It used to be an interior design architect's office, and not a lot of people knew that it was on the market. Uh, our landlord's Wesley Crunkleton, and we approached him because I have some friends that work for him at Roosevelt's down the street, and he said, I think this space would be perfect. Uh, the rent was affordable. The basement because it gives it that speakeasy feel because then you don't know what to expect for the first time walking down there. It's like Willy Wonka, you know, when you walk <laughs> in, the doors open. So that was that was the key part. We wanted a basement spot where you couldn't really know what you were getting into. Do you think that the popularity of Fat Sammy's in the last because like y- y'all opened during this pandemic mm-hmm. for the beginning you were just doing takeout drinks and takeout food was that tough at the beginning to kind of get the word out or was the word or was business booming? Um, I say considering business is booming because we had a pretty decent social media following because of the pop-ups because people were really excited about them because they were always wacky and, and I mean did you ever go to one? Did you ever attend I, I I knew that you you did a couple like breakfast stuff at uh, Sugar Bell. over at Sugar Bell mm-hmm. and I've been I was always meaning to go over there and then like it seemed like by the time I was about to go y'all had this location and I was like well I can just go to their That's place right. and just try their food at Fat Sammy's itself. Yeah, it's, it's really weird because they got bigger and bigger and then the social media following, it just kind of it organically happened where people kept reposting and sharing and then more and more people found out about it. So, I, I mean, we didn't want to do to-go food at all when we first opened because we had a lot of soup bowls and stuff like that. So we had to r- literally adapt the whole menu the day after we opened so that we could start selling the, some of the stuff to go and rethink the whole process. But it did work out pretty good. Since y'all have had dine-in options available, has it changed your, like, I, I know you talked about having to construct the menu around the, the carry-out. Has the dine-in options allowed you to kind of expand that menu to what you expected it to be when you first opened? Yeah, I think so. We've, we've started slowly adding back some of the stuff that we knew people would like. And then we've also, we run a lot more specials now because people come down and we generate, I mean, you see them, they're like wacky named dishes and yeah. stuff like that all the time. And that's also something that really helps. But yeah, I think we're finally getting back. Hopefully by the next couple of weeks, we'll have all the stuff back that we wanted to have originally. So I know this, like anyone that hasn't visited Fat Sammy's, they haven't really seen like the eclectic like vision that this place is. I mean, it's, it's a tiki bar theme with this huge mural on the side of the wall. What kind of drew you to do this mural? I know this, like, this mural is incredible, and I know you got a local artist to do it. Yep. Was there something that, that you wanted to... Was it full reign for this artist to design whatever he wanted, or did y'all kind of guide him along that? Uh, it was full reign. We just said we want to incorporate the mascot somehow. We wanted it to be as crazy as he could possibly get, and I think he did that. I mean, we have a topless mermaid that's <laughs> actually a fish. Um, there's a lot of stuff, but he, Logan Tanner's great. He's done a lot of work at Low Mill. His murals are impressive. And we just said, do whatever you want, but incorporate these colors, like a very um, 80s or kind of vaporwave style of art where it's just really bright. And that's what he did and did it perfectly. How long did it take him to get this project complete? Uh, about two months. Oh, wow. From start to finish. Yeah. And he hand painted the whole thing. It's amazing. Yeah. So you mentioned that you've, you always like to put out new like specials and with, with crazy names and crazy foods to kind of like showcase something that Huntsville hasn't had. Have you ever put out a food and it just did not work? And, and did you later have to figure out, okay, why didn't it work? I thought this food was incredible. Or is, is everything you've been putting out kind of been good stuff? No, I, I think when you try to incorporate all these elements that we use, because I use a lot of ingredients that nobody 
has really ever heard of. Even when I go to the Asian market, I still find stuff that I've never even seen. And it's hard to navigate that. But also trying to, the, the hardest thing I have to do is try to take these ingredients and make a dish that will try to remind somebody of something they had like in childhood or growing up or whatever. So there's a connection. So they're not afraid of these weird ingredients with weird names. But there's been plenty of failures. I can't think off the top of my head right now, but there's stuff we scrapped before service started. Like, nope, not doing that because it was just god awful. <laughs> Would you say you always had an entrepreneurial mindset and thought you would own your restaurant one day? Uh, yeah, according to my mom, since I was five years old, that's been the thing. I got sidelined with a, a career in the medical field for a little bit. I was a surgical assistant, and I got really tired of that, and then I decided to kind of go back towards this. So, I th- yeah, I'd say my mom said since I was five, that's all I ever talked about. So, Did you ever think that the restaurant you would own would be in Huntsville? Or I know you talked about, like, Huntsville really didn't have anything exciting. Do you think you were like, I'm not going to open a restaurant in Huntsville. Like, it's not exciting. I don't need to bring anything to it. Like, Or did you were like, I want to bring something exciting to Huntsville and offer something no one's ever seen? Yeah, well, originally people were like, don't do it here, don't do it here, don't do it here, do it somewhere else. But everywhere else is already pretty saturated. I mean, even Birmingham could still use more restaurants. You go to, like, Nashville, it would be really hard to pull this kind of a concept off there where there's already so many other eclectic and unique options. So this seemed like the best place to do it. And it was also the mind process, the, not the mind process, thought process, that if we open up something like this, that surely there's more people in the city that have wanted to do something unique and then were afraid to do it before. And they see the success and they're like, oh, cool, now I can do it too. Yeah. Once you kind of got this location and you kind of got it gaining the success of the pop-ups and you were kind of like, okay, I can open this location now. From when you got the rent of this place to when it opened, did it take, like how, how many months was it and how long did it take? It was an incredibly long time. It took us from start to finish. Once we signed the lease, it was over two years. Uh, we had a lot of construction issues, a lot of things we had to change. Um, city engineers approved, then didn't approve, then approved again some things. Uh, we flooded a lot once they started working on the hotel next door, and they tore that down. It shook up the building a little bit, and they're drilling into that spring underneath, so this building flooded completely at least two or three times. So it, just, it was like an issue after issue, and sometimes water still comes in in the back, but it was a long process of just a hard thing to get done, and... I guess the city hasn't had an underground restaurant since Voodoo opened. So that, it's just, everything was, they were very meticulous, let's say that. And that's in the politest way possible. It <laughs> made things very thorough. So, yeah, but. During that time where it was, like, tough, where you just having uh, permits weren't getting approved and all that was going on, did you think about quitting? Or did you were like, no, I have to get this done. I have to do this vision that people have been seeing me out, out and about it. And how, how tough was that? I mean, at some point towards the end of it, yeah, you start to get worn down. You're like, oh, this is never going to happen. What do we do? Do we just stop? But, I mean, just persevere and get through it. And, and thank God that we got very close on funds towards the end. But, um, it, it, yeah, it just took a lot of time, a lot more time than anybody thought it would. But giving up was always a thing in the back of your head <laughs> sometimes because it was so difficult. But we didn't, so here we are. What is something that you know now that you wish you would have known before you opened this restaurant? Um, a lot more about architects and what kind of like specifications. Like I joked with you about we have no outlets in this place. And we, <laughs> like, that was an afterthought. We are like, crap, we didn't make enough space for outlets on the walls. Um, kitchen design I'm a lot better at now. That was something uh, the kitchen doesn't flow very well. But in hindsight, now I, if I did this again, I would know what to do a little bit better for sure. I know from my experience coming in, I've been here, like I said, I've gotten takeout a couple times during when y'all didn't have dine-in, and I've uh, dined in twice in one week. Uh, the popularity seems to be evident. Like there, it's, it's been packed every single night I've been here. It's been full for lunch, full for dinner. Do you think 
there would be a possibility of like I know you just opened, but outgrowing this space that you already have and having to have another location or doing something like that? Yeah, I think that could happen. I mean, because that's the reason currently, given the situation we're in with the pandemic, there's a doorbell on the door because people won't stop coming in and we cannot control it. And it's already that way. Will the hype die down eventually at some point? Maybe. Unless we just keep being insanely crazy. Maybe not. But yeah, I agree. At some point, there's a possibility that this will expand to the point where we have to do something else somewhere else. Wow. Which would be a good thing. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's crazy to see, like you said, the bringing this mindset and this themed restaurant to Huntsville, like seeing if other sort of restaurants like this pop up and just seeing the growth of this much different than like Southern style food like we were talking about yeah. earlier or anything like that, but like the Tex-Mex that all Huntsville has. Right. You're just, I mean, it's completely different. Being your boss often means you have to make tough decisions. How do you make these decisions to ensure the best possible outcome? That's been very hard, especially we just keep talking about the pandemic, which it seems like that's all we have <laughs> to talk about nowadays. But, um, you know, in the very beginning, it was hard to lay off 28 people after you gave them all this giant speech about how we're a family and it's a team and we're going to get through this and then you just can't do it. And it's, you know, it, you have to handle things delicately. Uh, obviously, you know, working at a place you worked at, you and in a restaurant business, if you're the owner, you're a psychiatrist, you're a cook, you're a maintenance guy, and every single thing you do affects everybody's lives. And you have to think about that because these people, if you want them to be your family, you have to make sure that you take care of them and you stand by that. So that's, you know, you just have to treat everybody like they're family. So t decisions are tough, but you navigate through like you're somebody's father, basically. And that's how I feel most of the time. You said all the different hats you wear as being the owner of Fat Sammy's. Uh, is there a hat that you wear now that you knew very little about and you've had to really develop that skill over this time? Uh, maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> Construction wasn't my background, but I learned a lot on this uh, process because we did a lot of the work ourselves, uh, getting rid of the rock and bringing rock in, digging trenches and stuff. We learned a lot, hanging sheetrock in the ceiling. <laughs> we did a lot of work here just ourselves to keep the budget as tight as possible. So, yeah, definitely that. I've learned a lot more. I'm a lot more handy than I used to be. <laughs> How much of your success thus far would you contribute to being in the right place at the right time? And how much would you contribute to your hard work? I'd say it's a combination of both, but I would say lucky more so than anything else. And obviously hard work does pay off. And everybody here has that same mindset. So that, that contributes even more to the success. Everybody works. We had a lot of people um, that did a lot of volunteer work just to help us get open because we had a lot of friends. And now those people are staff members, too. So mm -hmm. it works out great. But I'd say it's a good, healthy mixture of luck and hard work for sure. What advice would you give to someone that's looking at starting their own business? Don't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, do a lot of research. Write a thorough business plan. Um, when you do, like, especially this style of business, if that's what we're talking about, sales projections, you have to, you have to really, really pay attention to that stuff. And then, it, you know, day-to-day -day operational costs and things like that, it's, it's stuff you don't realize in the beginning, but as you start going through it more and more, like, we're learning a lot of things every day because everything is changing for us rapidly so it's it's a lot more work but i would say be yeah and be ready to work a lot i mean 90 hour weeks for sure for a long time i know it's this uh, the idea of fat sammy's like going back to that it's like you're bringing something to huntsville that nothing ever no one's ever seen and like the business plan for that you come up with is like I'm projecting this, but this has never been seen. So I have nothing, I have no guidelines to look at this. And it's, it's a little easier for like a company to look, look like, I'm gonna bring in a coffee shop or I wanna bring in a, another clothing store to Huntsville. Like right. the business plan's a little bit easier, people get on board. How tough was it to pitch this idea to people when there's nothing like this in Huntsville? It was incredibly tough. Um, 
we had to do a lot of market research. Um, we started like asking and interviewing people around town, like randomly. I think I interviewed like 200 people. Oh, wow. But just to have something on paper that said that people are interested in this, and it was, you're right, it's very hard because it's not like we could go talk to, let's say we were opening a coffee shop and go talk to our friends at Offbeat. They would give us some, like, oh, guidance, oh, do this, do this. But yeah, there's literally nothing you could talk to anybody about because no, we couldn't project sales. We guessed, and we got pretty close, even considering. Oh, wow. that. But it's yeah, that's it's really hard. It just, but we've learned a lot of information, so it's really helpful. How can people connect with you and support you in what you're doing at Fat Sammy's? Facebook, Instagram, um, email realfatsammys at gmail.com. My cell phone number, if they want it. If they have a grievance, I can give that out. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's easiest. Social media is the best way because Instagram, people message us all the time. So oh, wow. that's the best way to do it. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and talking to me. I love learning more about Fat Sammy's and the journey it took to get this tiki bar themed restaurant in Huntsville. And I continue to look forward to the, the success that Fat Sammy's will have in the future. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Beyond Rockets. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well as you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Beyond Rockets to stay up to date on the new episodes and the events that are going on in Huntsville. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed.